Blog Talk Radio. higher 
uh, and, and the level of uh, technology and awareness and uh, knowledge that it's derived from us. And the drum, as Ozzie Davis said some 35 years ago, uh, should be in every household of uh, people of African descent uh, because that was one of the first things that was taken from us when we were our ancestors were brought here uh, to this country, to the Western Hemisphere as slaves. So I just wanted to share that uh, that thought with you, and of course, uh, this evening we are continuing uh, reviewing the uh, and sharing the the knowledge of uh, the late Swami Krishnapad. Uh, I've been so excited for the last several weeks, and um, reading from his book, uh, two books actually, Spiritual Warrior Two, which we started out with. And then, of course, for the last couple of weeks for Spiritual Warrior One. Uh, I must take a break and acknowledge my wife just walked into the studio. How are you doing? How are you? Great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Especially after uh, imbibing such a uh, a sumptuous dinner. Oh, thank you. Well, it was good, even if I must say it was very, very good. It has me really uh, fired up, as it were, you know, oh, to uh, to present the show and share the energy with the listeners. I, I appreciate all of you who are listening uh, and tuning in uh, in the chat room. And I see we have uh, a couple of people here um, who called in, and I just wanted to share with you, if you want to share any thoughts, uh, just hit the number one button on your dial. And it will indicate to me that you would like to speak with us and uh, share some thoughts and comments. And, of course, those of you in the chat room can feel free to also indicate to Queen Mother uh, that uh, you have some thoughts which you would like to share. Uh, I must also say I would be uh, negligent if I didn't share the fact that this morning's show that you aired, Queen Mother, uh, was so profound, you know, dealing with uh, uh, the essence of love. What was the title? The, show, the title was "It's All About Love," and our special guest, Amma Yorson. Yes. She is uh, one of the co-founders of LoveEssence.com. What a dynamic person! Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, obviously, you know, we'd like her to come back and visit us again on New Spirit Talk Radio. Yes. Definitely. Yes. yes. What a dynamic person, and just full of life and information and just a positive outlook. Mm-hmm. And just dealing with, the, the, like, the title of this evening's show, uh, The Essence of Compassion. Yes. Right? But uh, channeling that compassion appropriately and recognizing that uh, there is a process of, of collective healing as well as individual healing. Absolutely. Yeah. So but we talked about that and we touched on that this morning. Yes, we about did. About healing the microcosm so that it could spread out into the macrocosm. Ah, yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. So uh, I, I'm going to just share with those of you who have no idea of, of who uh, Swami Krishnapad is and, uh, and what he represented before he passed on, I think it was the year of 2005. Um, he was a spiritual teacher, an author, a Princeton graduate, and also the director of the Institute of Applied Spiritual Technology in Washington, D.C. He was a specialist in human relations and conflict resolution who had served as an international consultant to diplomats, heads of state, and also the general public for more than 20 years. 
And as a powerful speaker and an inspiring role model, he toured the world and offered his message of love, service, and community consciousness to people of all nationalities, races, and creeds, and from all walks of life. Uh, something is quoted by uh, a Dr. Whitaker. He states that the Spiritual Warrior II, Transforming Lust into Love, is a book to savor and treasure, the book that needs to be read and reread because of its spiritual potency and priceless value for ever, ever day, um, everyday living. Uh, some books give us a aha moment or two, uh, one interesting point to apply, which may be enough to justify the price of the book and the time spent re reading it. But here we have just about every paragraph and sometimes every line that really jumps out at you and, and causes you to give a second thought and to contemplate the content and the meaning and the profound implications. So, uh, indeed, that's one of the reasons why I chose this book. And I must say that I don't just choose books randomly, and not only do I not just choose them randomly, but I also choose to present a format so that those throughout the African diaspora who don't have, have access to books, they might have a computer or a laptop, or a cell phone, so they're able to listen in on the show, if you will, but do not have access to books such as these. If they did have access, maybe cannot afford it, then, of course, there's many of us who cannot read and some of us who are confined to uh, to the bed and, and have poor eyesight or can't even see, for that matter. So there's many reasons why I think that uh, shows like this are received uh, so um, uh, largely at, uh, and and because of the fact that, indeed, uh, there's a certain amount of esoteric information that they normally would not have access to. So I'm going to start now with reading the, uh, uh, the section, Chapter 8, which uh, delves upon the practice of, of compassion. Um, Swami Krishnapath states that in, in today's world, we are surrounded by environments that are so hostile to our human and spiritual growth that higher truths cannot easily penetrate our consciousness. Yet these truths are just what we need. Physical reality is simply an external manifestation of something already set in motion at a deeper level, and material solutions to our problems would not work, will not work, because they do not probe beneath the surface. To make lasting changes we must make a concerted effort to look beyond the superficial aspects of any situation. And in all circumstances, regardless of, of uh, other remedies we may try, today's intractable problems call for deep compassion. Compassion sees profoundly into the heart of each situation and offers unconditional love as a remedy. And as we gain more consciousness of our innermost in spiritual na nature, we understand that compassion can help us transcend the temporary and the relative aspects of things. And, and this growing awareness can eventually guide us out of our negative circumstances. And as we open ourselves up to compassion, our consciousness becomes more transcendental and we radiate higher energies that uplift others and offer healing in a world of pain and suffering. That says a lot that we are actually in a world of pain and suffering for a reason. 
there's some schools of thought that consider that living here as what is called the Earth School is a, an opportunity for us as we reincarnate over and over again until we no, no longer come back because of the lessons that are learned and there are no other lessons to learn on this Earth plane, that part of the journey is pain and suffering. Uh, and some people say, wow, why does it have to be that? You know, and it's just almost the same question as saying, well, why does a woman have to give birth and go through a certain amount of pain, right? Because at the end of that, there is joy. <laughs> yes, well, you, you, my wife was just sharing something with me about, uh, was it Eve? Yeah. And the apple? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, depending on your school of thought and your orientation and spiritual persuasion and inclinations, there are certain mythologies and certain, um, you know, takes on in terms of the origin of man and so forth and this whole process of how we started from the beginning until this point as I speak today, as I speak this evening. Uh, and it's not just a one... Uh, one-size-fits-all type of philosophy or uh, 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 mythology that's palatable and, and uh, acceptable by all. But it's definitely something for us to uh, individually and then collectively uh, ponder that, yes, indeed, all over the world uh, in, in this day and age there is pain and suffering. However, we know that there are moments in our life where there is a certain level of, of bliss. There's a certain level of happiness that one can uh, experience. But it sometimes it can be very fleeting, as we know. And, and uh, we have our holidays, we have our celebrations, uh, especially the most highest and most uh, uh, joyful celebration, the birth of a new being, the birth of a child, of a, of a new soul coming into the earth plane. Um, we celebrate that, and of course, we are very mournful and grateful when the soul departs. And some schools of thought they say, "Well, now the soul is free from the pain. The soul is free from the pain and suffering." So there is a certain ceremony that, rather than grief, there's joy, depending on the society and the culture in which you happen to be living and influenced by. Um, so there's many takes, but the bottom line, I would say is that compassion, I think, is the overall operative word. Uh, compassion being uh, transformed into the essence of unconditional love. And we tend to forget the fact that we are all, uh, I think, influenced by certain levels of conditional love. Uh, we have that within our immediate family, amongst our siblings. Some of us have had parents that didn't have unconditional love for the children, and, of course, that had a very detrimental effect upon us as we grew up to be adults uh, that we transferred and, and continued that particular, uh, uh, I think, negative habit of having a condition for your love and also for not having compassion and empathy for others. Um, one of the things that it took me a long time to recognize is that we are all interdependent upon one another, just like the air that we breathe, uh, the water that we drink, goes back billions and billions of years uh, in terms of its origin, and that has been recycled uh, billions of years. 
and and this is the same air that was breathed by our ancestors, by other living beings, other living entities, uh, and that we all are interdependent upon breathing this air as well as drinking the same water. And this and it changes something like water. We know changes different different forms uh, from a, a a liquid to a gas to a solid, you know, and and then back to a liquid as it were. And we recognize that that can usually be used, uh, many times be used as a metaphor in terms of how we look at life. What we perceive to be on the surface is not always is uh, not always is what is actually in reality the essence of what we perceive. There are many different layers in which uh, we can perceive the same entity. So uh, without digressing any further, uh, he, rec- he recommends, he says that there's, this is Swami saying that there's a prerequisite for returning home. And he says the ultimate purpose of spiritual life is to go back home to the kingdom of God or the spiritual world. The practice of compassion is an essential aspect of our preparation for this goal. Preparation is necessary even in mundane life. It helps us to function appropriately in various environments. For example, if we're going to a formal party, we prepare ourselves by dressing formally. If we're giving a musical performance, we rehearse thoroughly before appearing on stage. If we are in a play, we must learn our lines. Without proper preparation, we leave ourselves open to extreme embarrassment. Similarly, he says that we must be well prepared for our our eventual arrival in the spiritual world. And he states that all the major scriptures emphasize that we are eternal beings who have a home far beyond the mundane realm of our material existence. We are out of place in this material realm which serves as a training ground for higher experiences, but is not where we can truly be happy. He states that right now we must prepare ourselves to expediently, uh, as expediently as possible, to regain what we have lost and to receive the treasures that are awaiting us in the spiritual kingdom. No one can expect to enter the kingdom of God without deep compassion. Almost all orthodox scriptures, including the Bible, the Quran, the Torah, instruct us to love our neighbors as ourselves. But loving our neighbors as ourselves, for all of its value, can sometimes turn into a business proposition because it is based upon the idea of exchanging one quality of love for another. In such a situation, the love may be conditional rather than freely given. And this is not transcendental. And then as he explains, he says, as spiritual warriors, we must go further, loving others even more than ourselves. And if we love our neighbors even beyond the way we love ourselves, thinking only about the other person's welfare, we have become agents of compassion. And we are well on our way to becoming transcendental. When we selfishly align ourselves with transcendental consciousness, selflessly align ourselves with transcendental consciousness, the universe will supply us with amazing support because we are no longer controlled by the normal limitations of the earthly realm. We can accomplish miracles, and as we develop higher perception with higher love, 
we become so worthy to receive such blessings that eventually we will be paroled from the restrictions of the material prison atmosphere. Ah, that says a lot. I know that at my age, uh, you know, I grew up during the, I was born in the 40s and grew up, you know, as a young boy and teenager from the, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. And it just dawned on me that, that uh, indeed, there, are, there were souls who lived uh, during my period of life who had this unconditional love. You know, they gave their life, actually, knowing that they were risking their life. And I'm speaking of people such as Harriet Tubman, not Harriet Tubman, excuse me, before, but Martin Luther King, uh, Malcolm X, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, just a host of people, even um, John F. Kennedy, his brother Robert Kennedy, and, of course, we have Megar Evers, uh, those who were part of the civil rights movement, who actually risked their lives uh, for the sake of others. Uh, and then, of course, we have the young boys, and, or should I say the young men and women, who go to war, and they risk their lives because they're under the perception that, indeed, they're, uh, they are needed to participate in the war, uh, which involves killing others. But they have on the other side of their, uh, their psyche that they are doing this because they have the compassion for their country, the compassion for their loved ones, for their family. And, and there's this, this um, uh, contradiction, as it were, in terms of why we do certain things with compassion and why we do things with not compassion, without compassion. So uh, I just wanted to share with, uh, with the listening audience that uh, this is something that one can contemplate very deeply uh, in terms of how we align ourselves with transcendental consciousness. And then he states that beyond this salvationist mentality, although compassion is a requirement for returning home as to the Lord, we should not view it ego egocentrically as a means to enhance our own chances of salvation. Indeed, compassion extends far beyond any selfish motivation, even beyond the desire to enter the kingdom of God. And for this reason, if we simply study a few techniques of yoga, seek to gain some psychic powers, or try to improve our own chances of being saved, we are engaging in elementary spiritual activities. And, and in the final analysis, these are merely ways to cope with the prison environment and find some relief from the anxiety and stress of material life. They do not transcend the world, transcend the world of selflessness. And so have very little to do with genuine spiritualization. We cannot go back to the spiritual world with such a mentality. And he states that because self-centeredness interferes with spiritual advancement, we must constantly take inventory of ourselves and examine our thought patterns to root out selfishness. Most of the time we are preoccupied with our wants and not even our needs. We have become so accustomed to pursuing, pursuing our desires that we distract ourselves from the experience of deeper love and happiness and from any steady feeling of well-being. But instead, we remain focused on the problems inherent in the world of duality, 
constantly feeding the senses and reinforcing the feeding of the I and my instead of moving beyond them to higher pleasures. And even such a lofty desire as the wish for salvation is rooted in selfishness. And actually, salvation is something that happens automatically as we abandon our selfish desires and deepen our compassion. Hmm. And then he goes on to state that the meaning of compassion, uh, compassion is unfettered by material restraints. The term material implies survival of the fittest, based on who is more dominant, controlling, and capable of manipulating others. Compassion is the opposite. It is a spiritual trait based on selflessness and freedom from envy or any sense of proprietorship. It is not sentimental, and it does not come and go with our feelings. When we are compassionate, we offer unmotivated, unconditional love to others, freely making sacrifices on their behalf. Compassion is spontaneous and has nothing to do with guilt, fear, or resentment. And if we offer help to others when we do not really want to, we are not motivated by compassion. In such cases, we feel compelled to act by the circumstances, offering ourselves grudgingly only because we have not found a way to escape. But the situation is entirely different when we give assistance to others in an accelerated, joyful state of consciousness. That is true compassion. And if we profess to love God, we must also love his parts and parcels, all the living beings around us. A true devotee of the Lord is only interested in being a servant of others, viewing everyone as a manifestation of the Lord's energy. We can ex- exclude no one from the range of our love and compassion, because when we serve others, we are actually serving the Lord. Material life is full of countless misfortunes, and if we are concerned only by our own comfort and even our own liberation, we are clinging to a selfish orientation and cannot attain the ultimate goal of loving association with the Lord and his kingdom. And if we develop a deep level of selflessness and compassion, we become genuine servants who can share divine love with everyone regardless of their circumstances. And as we encounter those who are suffering, the blind, the handicapped, the ill, the homeless, the imprisoned, the abused, or those forced to flee their homes, for example, we love them so much that we want to take their burdens on ourselves to free them from their pain. And that's a tall order. And that's why many of us cannot be nurses, cannot be doctors or uh, ministers, counselors, just a host of things that cause, cause one to give up one's freedom and one's comfort to be of service to others. But we can do that as much as we can. I know that my wife has been of service to many, many people. She continues to this day. However, she, like myself, uh, we find it necessary to be a little bit selective because we don't want to give... uh, There's a saying, as we all know, have heard, I think, you don't cast pearls to swine, as it were. Or if you're trying to save someone who's drowning, and if you tell them to relax so that you can take them you know, from the deep waters to to the shore, to the, the beachfront or, you know, the land, but they keep flagging and, and this, you know, acting wild, 
and not relax them, not relaxing, you're going to have to maybe not let them go, but, well, let them go, but get a rope and get a, a branch so that you're on land and you're not in harm's way, so both of you will be drowning. And I think that's the state that we're in right now. And people have their arms waving and they're yelling and screaming and not relaxing because of the fact that they're intoxicated. They're intoxicated with uh, material gain and, and the illusion of wealth and uh, superiority. Their ego is taking over or is in place as opposed to their spirit. Uh, their hearts are closed as opposed to being open. So there's a host of things that do not allow us to uh, embrace one another. Of course, indeed, we have a system. We have a, a westernized culture that highlights, and as we were touching upon this morning in my, my wife's show, uh, one searching for love. We, we use certain parameters which are really not uh, the most healthy. How does he look or she look? Is he handsome? Is she beautiful? You know, does he have a good job where he's making a lot of money? Or does he have a title? Is he a doctor or a lawyer? And, of course, uh, all of these extraneous labels and, and um, uh, indicators that we use to decide whether or not one is worthy of our love leaves one uh, at most uh, in, in lacking of, uh, of, a, of a field of, 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 uh, of being able to make choices. Uh, the, the, the field is very, very small. The selection is very, very small. So uh, when you now look beyond the skin, beyond the surface, and say, where is that person's heart? Do they have compassion in them? You know, do they have truthfulness? Uh, do they have a faithfulness towards the Most High, towards towards God, on whatever level and whatever area and type of uh, orientation that they may worship the Lord? Is that something that's within their hearts sincerely, but not just being practiced on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday? depending on their uh, religious or spiritual orientation. Do they practice this every day of the week, throughout the day? And when, if you're looking in that, on that level, you can perceive who is and who isn't. And I think number one, though, is looking at yourself. Because uh, there's this new expression uh, of late throughout, you know, uh, supposedly, through the New Age community, but this is something I'm sure that comes from uh, indigenous people, especially those of us of African descent, the law of attraction. And the law of attraction gets deep into uh, the fact that we come into each other's lives not by accident, but to assist one another in our journey, to assist each other in learning our lessons. And uh, if you can find a companion, number one, a friend who can do that for you, and then, of course, one who becomes or who is uh, uh, in position to become your companion, your life companion, then, of course, you found one who is uh, worthy of your love and trust and, uh, and to off offer his or herself uh, with uh, reciprocated compassion and unconditional love. Well, I'm going to take a break now, and I'll be back with you shortly and continue from uh, reading uh, Swami Krishna Pod's book, Spiritual Warrior 2.
Okay. I um must uh for those of you who are uh Christians and and observing the holiday of uh Easter, I wish you a happy Easter and uh I hope that your holiday was a pleasurable one in the service of uh of the most high. And I just touch upon I will touch upon the, the life of Jesus, Jesus Christ, uh who for millions and millions of us represents the ultimate in terms of compassion. Uh and that's something that I've reflected upon throughout my uh my life. Um that his his love was something to really uh, attempt to emulate his unconditional love. And uh unfortunately though they have many of us who uh call themselves Christians but who do not emulate in its entirety the essence of what he represented in terms of unconditional love. So uh, uh, there's, there's this essence in which uh, Krishna Pad Swami touches upon. He says that compassion is not condescending. And I think that many of us can think of people who uh, attempt to, on the surface, be compassion, compassionate in terms of showing their concern and empathy, but they're not really genuine. And uh, indeed, there's a certain amount of condescension that you feel from uh, their uh, attempt to display this compassion towards you or towards others. He says that uh, we should be careful about our mood of service. Uh, sometimes people have a way of parading their own supposedly evolved position by offering help with the condescending attitude that implies you can't cope. But, but look at, at how well I can handle this situation. We should never simply tolerate others or feel pity from a self-professed superiority vengeance point. Compassion is not about approaching others with the mentality of, I'm going to be kind to you, or I'm going to show you how good I am. Such attitudes are nonsense and are the opposite of compassion. Our attitude should be, I am your God brother, I am your God sister, I am your loving associate, and I see that you are wounded, and it is my desire and my duty to assist you and as we discussed in the previous uh, chapter, uh, he states that we should view the other person's difficulty as a call for help, a call for our love, compassion, and service. Nobody wants to experience pain, confusion, or anxiety. And even people who seem attached to confusion, confusion simply want attention. In other words, they want love. And then he states that when we evaluate each situation from this deeper perspective, we can more easily remain undisturbed by another's hostile or inconsiderate behavior. We can say to ourselves, oh, this person needs love, and the Lord has given me a chance to do some service. Let me see how I can help. And when we think in this way, we are less tempted to merely tolerate the other person's weaknesses. And actually, if we help, other people without feeling compassion, they will only superficially benefit. Communication between people occurs more powerfully in the subtle and in, in the subtle than on the gross level. The feelings that we could uh, hold back are the ones that we communicate the most strongly, and therefore the other person realizes that even if subconsciously that we are just trying to demonstrate our superior wisdom and self-control, 
the recipient of our assistance. It's a recipient of our assistance will not feel uplifted because the help is not genuine. And although this nonverbal communication of feelings can work in a negative way, as this just described earlier, it can also serve as a positive function. So if we act out of a genuine desire to help, share and grow, and even if someone's ego tries to blot out our good intentions or some level of the message will some level of the message will get through. And at a later time, if not immediately, the person will be able to respond. And he states that how compassion requires courage. Uh, you know, we have to step outside of our comfort zone. Innumerable problems in the world today require powerful spiritual soldiers who can move through heavy levels of communication, uh, contamination actually, without feeling affected. And such warriors can help people who feel alone, abandoned, helpless, or hopeless, and who go to bed in misery or who wake up in fear to know that God loves them and that there is hope. Wow. And this is something that he gets into uh, the essence of homelessness and also those who are in prison, who are in confinement. Uh, there's there's a, a reason why so many of us are homeless. Uh, some of us who are in prison, we know that in people of African descent, those of us, we have men, uh, some over a million, maybe maybe approaching two million, of those of us who are incarcerated, and a lot of them were are that way because of the fact that they didn't experience compassion, uh, unconditional love, and they reached out and. Uh, First, if not at home, in the immediate uh, environment of, of family, uh, they reached out in the school system. Uh, many of us have experienced, my wife and I have spoken about this many times, how the teacher will look at you and state that you are not really worthy or that you should not think about higher education, get a, uh, a job uh, that's uh, a, a skilled profession. And then, of course, in our lifetime, we've had it so that women, we're actually told that your purpose, your 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 role was to be, a, you know, in the home, raising children, cooking the food, what have you. And this goes back to the, the 50s, and, and and just a revelation to me that indeed we had men in this Western society who lacked a certain amount of compassion for the women in their life. You know, there's an old Islamic saying that uh, one should treat Every woman that you come in contact with as if she was a mother. Give her the respect that you would give her mother, your mother. And, of course, we, we have that not being the case. Uh, men are selective as to, well, if the woman is someone who I know, uh, someone who's in my family or my daughter or auntie or mother, I will give her unconditional love. But if she's not of the immediate family, I can call her names which are derogatory, uh, and I can disrespect her. And that's because they're dealing with surface knowledge, not understanding that you're inculcating negative karma. And that's something that my wife and I speak about quite a bit. People do not understand that that's real, that for every action there is a reaction. And it doesn't have to be an equal reaction. It can, well, an opposite reaction, but it will be... Uh, uh, given to you 
in proportion to the wrongs that you've done. And, and that starts with the thought. Thoughts create things. It's another saying. And we think so many uh, things, uh, I guess even beginning with ourself, the self-talk, it's always good to, you know, forgive yourself, to pat yourself on the back, to encourage yourself to, to know that, indeed, you can accomplish uh, certain goals that you have uh, in mind and to set those goals as high as possible uh, and to recognize that you're capable. Everyone is capable of, uh, of reaching heights and, 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 and fulfilling your purpose, your life's purpose. Uh, and that's something that we've missed within our community uh, as we became westernized, being brought here from uh, the motherland, our ancestors. And then from generation to generation, uh, this sense of lacking uh, being passed on, a lack of knowledge of self, lack of knowledge of us as spiritual beings, lack of knowledge of the importance of us having a profound, or should I say, a, uh, uh, a very deep relationship with the Most High, with the Lord. So uh, I just wanted to touch upon that uh, that particular thought. He states that compassion requires courage. It goes beyond the ideas of I and mine and transcends more the notions of material comfort and security. When we practice compassion, we have no interest in power of any kind, but even psychic or mystic power. Forgetful of ourselves and different to personal loss and gain, we feel the suffering of others so deeply that within our own hearts that we dedicate ourselves to doing something about it, and this requires great courage. I will uh, fast forward to uh, what he touches upon dealing with homeless. Uh, the homelessness, homelessness is a problem throughout the United States and around the world. And he states that even in Washington, D.C., where he spent a lot of his time, uh, the nation's capital, many people are huddled on the sidewalks, on grates, or in the doorways, at all times of the year, and at all extremes of weather. And at the end of the day, these people have no family to console them, no refuge. And as a contrast, think of your own life. In the morning, you leave your comfortable home for your job or, or other activities, and at the end of the day, you come back to spend the evening with your family or those, if not those close to you. Loved ones give us a purpose in life, infusing us with enough strength to go back out again the next day to meet new challenges. But imagine those who have no work, no home, and no family. When such people finally find a place to rest on the street, people may stone them or the police may arrest them. Whatever we, whenever we pass them by, we may avert our gaze at most other than a quarter. And, and Well, we may avert our gaze and at most offer them a quarter. And in our compassion, strong enough, or is it strong enough to allow us to fill, our, to fill their sadness and their misfortune? Many people are so afraid, tense, and competitive these days that they revel in someone else's misery feeling better when they find someone whose condition is worse than their own. And if a calamity befalls a friend, they may offer words of sympathy and encouragement, but in their inner consciousness, they are glad to have escaped such a fate themselves. I was just speaking about that earlier this, this, this afternoon with my wife, 
Coming from shopping. Isn't yeah. that something? That's right. You know, you're reading it. Synchronicity. synchronicity. Synch- uh, and you know how much I enjoy synchronicity. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I, I, I remember years back when I used to uh, go out and, and to the clubs, and I was a musician at the time and playing at various clubs, and, of course, I drank and imbibed, and, and, and uh, it was just something for me to just come to a aha moment, a realization that, there were certain people amongst us who should not have been drinking. The doctors would tell them, hey, you have a bad kidney, you know, and, and something else is wrong with you. You need not to be drinking. You need to be eating certain foods, getting proper rest. And those of us who knew this would actually offer them a drink or offer them some food that they knew they shouldn't be eating. And I became somewhat really perturbed and alarmed when I realized that there were some people who were actually attempting to sabotage others' lives. And uh, I, the last show that I did last Sunday was dealing with psychic defense. And there are people out here, unfortunately, in the world who will attack you in certain ways that you would never believe, you would never understand and suspect. They appear to be loving and caring, but they actually have a, a very evil agenda. They're non-compassionate people, compassionate people. And one has to be be very weary of them. Uh, The show that we had this morning, my wife's show, dealt with that. Uh, The guest we had was talking about how someone came into her life, and uh, they were considering getting married. And she found out that he was already married with the family outside of the country. And these, these games are played you know, uh, every day, you know, around the world. With no regard as to how it may devastate the person. Some people, some people actually, you know, have a stroke or a heart attack. Some some people have very traumatic reactions mm-hmm. to those types of situations. But the perpetrator, they're not even thinking about what it could do, that it could destroy someone's life. Mm-hmm. They just don't think about it. Right. And the thing is, is that the the ramifications doesn't have to be um, uh, uh, placed in their direction that they suffer the comic consequences. Uh, Their family member, child, or uh, parent, you know, somehow or other their family is affected. And and these are things that are shared not just from hearsay but uh, from research, uh, from spiritual research, especially those of us who are of African descent. You know, I've had the pleasure of, of reading certain books and meeting certain people who would state, who stated that the elders, you know, and those who were blessed with the capacity to do divining, uh, to, to do readings, and, and to communicate with, with the angels and the guardians and the unseen, to be involved in the unseen world, just knew that indeed people who did wrong on the earth plane had to serve, I mean, had to pay a debt, if not immediately within the near future before their particular journey was over on the earth, that there had to be a debt paid, if not by them, someone in the family, someone in in the community. So that's very real, and that's one of the reasons why we have the strife that we have now uh, and I would surmise, in our community. You know, we have uh, uh, children being uh, 
killed by adults, you know, without any justification, murdered by policemen, uh, women being raped, men being abused, children being abused, abusing one another. You got now an epidemic of the bullying uh, syndrome, which is like epidemic and epidemic portions within the school system. Well, of course, children are going to behave the way they see their adults, the, the parents behaving, right? So uh, they they are not the ones who uh, make this this behavior or create this behavior out of out of ether. You know, they emulate, they mirror. So that's where this this particular topic of the day, this evening, of compassion, I think, really rings home with me, is that unless the adults show compassion towards each other, number one, being compassionate with yourself. And I'm not talking about being a narcissistic. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about narcissism, uh, where you're just loving yourself, uh, you know, in an erratic way or unrational way. But I'm talking about self-love in terms of feeding yourself correctly, treating your body with proper rest, you know, uh, conditioning yourself so that you're having healthy thoughts, which is assisted by meditation, by prayer, by uh, affirmations, not leaning into gossip. Um, I, I met my wife uh, uh, some some years ago. Um, going on, we've been married, you know, for uh, a few years now, and it's, it was amazing though when I met her and she shared with me the 42 oracles uh, of, uh, of Mahat. Uh, and there's, you know, the Ten Commandments is one thing, but you get into 42 areas, and then there's a book I have, an Islamic book that gets into uh, the teachings, the, the 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 major sins, and that's over a hundred. And and I'm sure that I haven't read the Torah yet. I'll get into the comparable books coming from the uh, the Jewish uh, teachings. But all the serious teachings around the world have certain um, rules and regulations in terms of behavior. And if you follow those particular principles, then you have a chance of of uh, really you know growing and reaching the purpose in terms of your life your life's uh, uh, destiny and, and why, you're, why you were born and why you're in the body which you're in. But until you have that inculcated within your psyche that there are certain principles that you have to adhere to, then, then of course, you're part of this. Malcolm X said you're part of the problem and you're not really part of the solution. So I'm going to take another quick break. We have about nine minutes to go. And I'll be right back with you shortly.
Yes, so I'm going to go over this again next week, uh, the the aspect of homelessness, and then he touches upon uh, confinement. Uh, He states that it's a sad commentary on American society that many citizens have become lawbreakers instead of leading a natural life. And he states that modern society is not meeting the needs of many people, and our, our high rates of criminal activity and incarceration in, indicate that something is seriously wrong with society itself in the United States. And uh, I'm going to touch upon that next week. Uh, I have my take. I've shared this with other brothers and sisters, but mainly amongst the brothers in terms of how, being that we're the ones who populate the prison system uh, disproportionately, that uh, we've been uh, we've been had again. Malcolm saying that we've been bamboozled, we've been uh, hoodwinked. You know, to think that we can live a certain lifestyle. I just read something uh, a couple of days ago that it is foolish for us to place our children in the hands of the enemy to teach us, and that says a lot. Um, my wife, being a former teacher and educator, uh, she still is a teacher and educator, but not with within the system, as it were. But she shared with me, and I knew, but it had to be reinforced, that those who are administrating uh, the teaching, the the, the learning institutions, um, they're ignorant, you know, and and they don't have the knowledge that's necessary to properly teach, and they perpetuate certain lies and certain untruths. So these are the things that happen to be changed, and, of course, it is my prayer, it is my hope, humble hope, and desire that my show and, and my wife's show and other shows like ours can uh, be in addition to uh, reversing uh, this misinformation or to be in addition to the information that is needed to be shared so that we will uh, cease to be uh, uh, miseducated in, in many uh, levels and many aspects. Uh, so I think most importantly, though, is spiritual education, spiritual awareness, understanding that we are all interdependent upon one another, that each one reach one, teach one, that we all need to assist each other in this collective healing process. So uh, I just want to thank everyone uh, for listening in this evening, the, the, uh, those of you who were in the chat room, and, of course, those of you who called in or tuned in via phone. I, I thank you so much for uh, sharing your your Sunday evening with me, and I know that you're preparing for the uh, the work week for those of you who uh, work nine to five, and uh, from Monday to Friday. Of course, uh, when we have a holiday, such as many of us have experienced uh, a long day, three day holiday, that uh, getting back to work can be uh, one that can be somewhat of a challenge. Uh, but, yes, I encourage that we uh, go to work with a certain level of compassion. Uh, many of us have uh, uh, experiences at work. Some of us spend more time at work than we do at home. And uh, we're challenged. Yes, indeed, we're, we're just so challenged with having coworkers who are not compassionate, who are very selfish, self-centered, uh, supervisors and managers and owners of the business, the employer, I won't call them a boss. You know, they're not boss. They're, they're maybe titled, you know, given the title of being the employer or your manager or supervisor. But uh, 
we have to be compassionate and uh, forgive them, you know, for they know not what they do. Some of them, of course, do know what they do in terms of them being very manipulative and abusive. But understanding also that you should not take it personal. Uh, you can go back into my archives uh, where I, I, I um, have, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Ruiz, um, the Four Agreements, uh, Emmanuel Ruiz. Don Miguel. Don Miguel, rather. Don Miguel. Yes. Uh, his book, uh, The Four Agreements, and he talks about uh, not taking anything personal is one agreement. The other agreement is do your best. And then the other one, the third one, is impeccable speech. And the uh, the last one is uh, don't make assumptions. So uh, that's a challenge, those four agreements. Don't make assumptions, uh, impeccable speech, do your best, and don't take anything personal. And, uh, yes, I was thinking, talking about the being at work and those people who are abusive to you and manipulative and not respectful. But don't take it personal. It's not a so uh, I think it might be great for me, uh, well, good for me to uh, to go over that next week, uh, the four agreements, as it uh, interrelates with the, uh, the the thought of compassion. So, again, I thank everyone for tuning in. And uh, as always, uh, I will uh, encourage you to spread the word. Uh, go to my wife's website, website which is Spirit Change. And tuning to her show, which is Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock, and, of course, uh, she will be posting as well as myself uh, uh, before the show begins Saturday or early Sunday. Well, actually, Saturday, because the show is Sunday morning. Um, we give thanks uh, to the Most High. Uh, may our minds stay centered on the things of spirit and goodness. May we not be tempted to stray from love. And as we begin this week, we open to receive you. Please enter... O oh Lord, where you already abide, may our minds and hearts be pure and true, and may we not deviate from the things of goodness, and may we see the love and innocence in all mankind behind the masks we all wear and the illusions of this worldly plane. We surrender to you our doings this evening. We ask only that they serve you in the healing of May we bring your love and goodness with us to give unto others wherever we go. Make us the people that you would have us be, and direct our footsteps and show us what you would have us do. Make the world a safer, more beautiful place. Bless all your creatures, heal us all, and use us, dear Lord, that we might know the joy of being used by you. We thank you again, and we leave you with the saying of Namaste, Shalom, Assalamu Alaikum, one love, peace and blessings, and goodbye and goodwill. <laughs>